Tuesday, August 31st. Spinebuster Sports presents The Feast, hosted by Sox Sanchez. Welcome everyone to The Feast, brought to you by Spinebuster Sports. Next to me as always is Pound Cake. He sometimes goes by Kyle. Uh, as with you as always, I'm Sox. Today's menu to include... Well, it's going to include our top 10 favorite sports movies of all time, but Kyle, what kind of what season is it right now? It's fantasy football it, season. It is fantasy football season, so that's what we're going to talk about. And then Kyle's got a little bit of uh, a surprise for the end for dessert. Uh, let's start, Kyle. You got, the, you got the list going. Let's talk about some fantasy football. Well, we're going to dive right in, because what's the most important position in fantasy football, Socks? Well, typically it's running back, but not for us. It's quarterback. That's right. It's quarterback. As always, coming in at the top of the list this year, Patrick Mahomes, hard, God's gift to quarterbacks. Hard not to disagree with that, Kyle. It's, especially with that beautiful hair and that Kermit the Frog voice. Yes, and the Texas Tech background. Yes, for sure. But, I mean, sucks. Like, I see t- the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes coming out looking to just burn the earth of the NFL this season. That's kind of the expectation since he brought, came into the league that first year. You know, number one quarterbacks took us all by hearts. Most people probably picked him in the 6th, 7th, 8th, 10th round or later. Uh, if you were in a da- uh, dynasty draft, that was a killer move for you. But now we have a league that, you know, six uh, points are for touchdowns for quarterbacks. So typically our quarterbacks go first or second round. In a standard league, four points for touchdowns. Where do you think uh, Mahomes would go? I'm guessing probably back end of the second, early third round seems like a nice place to take him. I mean, the man's probably going to throw for over 5,000 yards this year. I imagine well over 40 touchdowns. He always keeps the interceptions low, and he just makes good decisions for the most part. They've tightened up the offensive line there in Kansas City to kind of give him more protection after the debacle that they had in the Super Bowl. So I expect Patrick Mahomes to do big things this year, and probably see him playing in February once again. Most likely. We will uh, only, time will tell. Uh, number two, who do you got? I have Kyler Murray of the Arizona Cardinals. A man with a lot to prove this season. That team has a lot to prove in the very, very tough NFC West. You know, and I've always been a fan, once again, of Texas Tech type offense. Mr. Klingsbury over there, I think we'll have a good scheme for him as long as he can stay healthy. Still maintain making nice decisions of, you know, sliding, getting out of bounds when he's running. However, his wheels should be an asset to fantasy football uh, managers, I should say. Uh, Maybe get some extra touchdowns in there on the ground and hopefully stay away from some fumbles. Absolutely, and they have loaded him up with weapons around him to bring to fruition what Arizona hired Clingsbury and drafted Kyler Murray for, and that was to make an impact on the NFL. So... We will see this season if they can make that big of an impact on the NFC West. Like I said, the only thing that would cause an issue for me would be his fumbles and then prone to injury. But, you know, 17-game season this year, only time will tell. Yeah, that's right. Up next, I've got the gunslinger, the man. He... Mr. Wyoming. Mr. Wyoming. You know, getting the wagons together and rolling in Buffalo, Mr. Josh Allen. Yeah, I think Chris Berman should be happy. Uh, he's got a gun for sure. He's got a hell of a wide receiver in Stephon Diggs. Um, he's got other weapons as well. Beasley's kind of on the in and out right now based on some COVID protocols. Um, running back situation, you know, they should be able to pound the rock a little bit, cause play action, maybe cause a couple rollouts for Josh Allen to get his legs moving. Um, you know, as long as he keeps with his decision-making ability, hell of a top three uh, quarterback in fantasy football. Absolutely, and when they and also adding Emmanuel Sanders this year, I think is a low-key asset to them because we'll see what Beasley ends up doing, whether he uh, gets vaccinated or not. But Emmanuel Sanders has been a weapon everywhere he's went on the sly. So expect big things out of Josh Allen. I expect the Bills to win the. AFC East once again this year. Should should be, uh, with their defense, should be a, a sure thing. Yeah. Number four, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Thomas Brady. Ooh. You know, a lot of people have him ranked lower than this, but 
it has been proven in the second year of Bruce Arian's system, quarterbacks always do better than the first year. So don't think of Brady's first year in the system as a sample size. Think of like the last month of the season into the playoffs when they were destroying teams and Brady was throwing for three, four, five touchdowns a game, sometimes in the first half. That is that is a valid point. He had a nice ride going into the playoffs and obviously coming out with, what, his sixth Super Bowl, whatever the hell it is now. Um, great weapons on the outside, Mike Evans. I think Mike Evans is going to blow up with even more touchdowns as he did last year. As long as Godwin stays healthy, you know, anything can happen with that team. O.J., Howard coming back next, oh, yeah, uh, this year from in- injury. Gronk with another year under his belt, dusting it off. Crazy Antonio Brown running routes and sitting in cryo chambers without socks on and all the craziness. Yep, bring the noise, Central Michigan guy. Uh, up next, we we're going to roll with uh, Lamar Jackson, Baltimore Ravens quarterback with you know, coming off his MVP season was a little disappointing during the first half of the season last year and then uh, kind of got it together, you know, dropped a load in the middle of a game and somehow they pieced everything together. Yeah, sometimes you just got to let your quarterback who has talent like Lamar Jackson run its course and let him do his thing. I think beginning of last year, they were a little soft of how they utilized him. Um, he's got so many weapons now. He's got what Rashard Bateman. Mm-hmm. He's got Mark Andrews. Uh, his running back Dobbins just did go down, potentially out for the year. Um, th- they're still going to be a ground and pound team with some play action, but you know thoughts are that he's going to throw a little bit deeper this year. He's still got Marquise Brown, Miles Boykin, Miles Boykin, the pride of the Irish. Yeah, the pride of the Irish. If you didn't know, we're going to talk a lot about Michigan sports and unfortunately Green Bay and Notre Dame sports with Kyle here. Uh, Miles Boykin, yeah. So I th- I have him third on my list behind Josh Allen. I actually have Kyle Murray fourth just because of the fumble reason. I will would love to see Lamar Jackson throw deep this year, and I think that will just boost him potentially to you know a top two, maybe a top quarterback. Yeah, it would be nice to see. You know, when he uses his legs, those uh, rushing stats just add up really quick for quarterbacks, and is something that you just can't get out of everybody. So. If they run, put him at the top of your list, guys. 100%. All right, next, it's my man out of Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, angry at the world, ready to throw all the touchdown passes, break records, scorch earth, win the NFC, and go to the Super Bowl. And still piss him on about his contract in Green Bay. Yeah, exactly. And, oh, hey, let's, you know... Let's go out and sign a wide receiver that was good four years ago and hasn't done anything since he left Green Bay. But if that's what Rodgers wants, that's what Rodgers gets. And Only if they could have Clay Matthews line up as tight end, I think he'd be happy as a clam. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, A lot of things going on in Green Bay this offseason. Nobody really knew whether Rodgers was going to show back up or not. He comes out, does his thing, throwing dimes in practice everywhere you, everywhere you look. And I mean... Once again, expect the Packers to come out, win the NFC North, and challenge for the NFC Championship again. But only time will tell. Hopefully, Green Bay can keep it together. Everyone relaxes and just lets Mr. Rogers do what he does. Yep, and as long as uh, Mr. Jones stays healthy as well, I think that team has a good chance of going very far. Number seven on my list of top quarterbacks is... Russell, the love muscle, Wilson. It's hard to have somebody like him be, you know, number seven with all the the last several years of putting up numbers like he has, the weapons as he has, and Lockett, now Metcalf being obnoxiously uh, the new, I don't want to say the new Megatron, but holy crap, pretty dang close. Uh, And his ability to still scramble, uh, ability to not have a lot of turnovers that will cost you in the fantasy game. Um... Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to say that he's number seven because he could easily be top three. Yeah, let Russell cook, Pete Carroll. Let him go out there and do what you let him do during the first four or five games last season. Let him be the man that you want him to be, and he will deliver for you. Hundred percent. All right, number eight, coming off an injury from last year, we got Dak Prescott. Horrific injury, real bad broken ankle, but. They have a lot of talent in the, on that offense. He got paid. In Dallas, and he got paid, so. No distraction there. Yeah. You know, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, looking for big things out of those guys. Blake Jarwin coming back off an injury. Zeke, after having a down year. 
you know, we could see good things in Dallas. Plus, they're in the NFC East, and a team that wins four way, four games in the NFC East could possibly go to the playoffs. CeeDee Lamb, uh, as far as defense goes, it definitely helped that cause, so probably more opportunities for Prescott to throw it. Uh, you got to stay healthy. You know, he was probably, I think, the number one fantasy quarterback last year before he got hurt. Oh, he was on a tear last year before he got hurt. Uh, I hate the Cowboys, but, you know, good for Dak. You know, once again, like Russell Wilson, one of those guys could potentially, you know, be a top three fantasy football quarterback just depending on all his weapons, staying healthy. You know, Ezekiel Elliott uh, maintaining that run game for Dallas. Absolutely. Coming in at number nine, we got a little second-year quarterback action, a little Justin Herbert coming in. Coming in, you know, Love it. got uh, you know, got lucky last year. You know, a trainer injects Tyrod Taylor and <laughs> deflates his lung, and Justin Herbert gets thrown in there week two and ends up putting on a pretty decent season. You know, Keenan Allen's back. Austin Eckler's healthy. Uh, Mike Williams. They got a lot of talent over there in Los Angeles. Justin Herbert last year in that quarterback class was my favorite. He's got a rifle of his arm. Um, I think he can make good decisions of getting out of the pocket. Maybe not as mo- mobile as you know somebody like Josh Allen. However, he does got a reliable weapon in Keenan Allen, who's going to catch a lot of balls as long as he stays healthy. Uh, you know, I think the ceiling's very high for him. Uh, new offense this year, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, but uh, you know, number nine, I think, is a solid slot for him. Yeah. Absolutely. And my number 10, one of my dark horse candidates for the year to have a big season, it's Mr. Matthew Stafford. Change of scenery out there in L.A. with all the bright lights. Got an offensive-minded coach taking care of him. Got a defense that can keep them in games if he's not playing well. I expect huge things out of Matthew Stafford this year. I agree. I'd like to see what wide receiver stretches the field for him, whether it be Robert Woods uh, you know, is Cooper Cup just going to be the reliable as he had in Detroit uh, Golden Tate type of type of weapon there? Um, I would like to, you know, I think it'll be. A, I don't think they'll go as deep as much as they did in Detroit, just because in Detroit he was behind all the time. So uh, I th- that's a good pick. I I will counter that. I have a sneaky one in Jalen Hurts uh, being another second year quarterback, just because of his wheels can be pretty dynamic. Um, kind of a screwball offense right now in Philly. A lot of stuff going on there. Miles Sanders staying healthy should take a lot of pressure off him, hopefully causing some uh, play-action rollouts. You know, as long as he makes good decisions, I think there could be a, a good potential for him to have a breakout year. Yeah, I see big things coming out of Jalen Hurts, too. You know, a lot there are a couple guys we haven't even talked about that aren't going to make the top ten that could be nice sleepers. You know, wherever Deshaun Watson ends up landing, uh, it seems that Miami might be in the trade market for him. Uh, we'll hear stuff hopefully in the coming days even, if it happens. Even somebody like Kirk Cousins, who has weapons on the outside in Minnesota, I don't see them being in a lot of games. I have them, you know, throwing it to Delvin Cook. Delvin Cook's going to pound the rock, pound the rock, excuse me, as long as they have the opportunity to do that and have a lead. But he does have weapons to throw to. He's got Adam Thielen. He's got uh, Justin Jefferson, who was a rookie last year. So I think he could. He's not a hell of a quarterback that's going to win you games, but in fantasy football, it's all about points. Um, you know, if he can limit some interceptions, you know, keep an eye on him. Yeah, I feel the same way about Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee. You know, they added Julio Jones. You got uh, A.J. Brown coming off his spectacular rookie year. They'll be pounding the rock with Mr. Derrick Henry and all the things he can do with his big, beefy arms and those tree trunks legs he's got. You know, uh, big things coming from Ryan Tannehill, and that's a late round pick. You can get him eighth, ninth, tenth round, or later. Yeah, these quarter these quarterbacks that are ranked, you know, let's say five and you know beyond, you know, you can get these guys in five, six, seven, eighth round, you know. So obviously, moving forward, we're going to go into running backs here in a minute. Uh, you know, you can you can slide on a quarterback and kind of maintain and hold off, but those top three guys, you know, whether it's Murray, Lamar Jackson, Allen, and Mahomes, you know. I think it's smart to snag him in the second or third round, having the opportunity, depending on where you're drafting and who you can get in that first round. Yeah, you definitely, if you get one of those top three guys, you don't have to worry generally about your quarterback position for the rest of the year. I'm, I tend to lean more of a take care of your skill positions early and then draft a couple quarterbacks late that you can play the matchups with. But, you know, you can't replace a quarterback that throws for 40 or 50 touchdowns a year. Like, there's no replacing that. Or one that runs for 1,000 yards. So, draft your quarterbacks. Draft them where you feel comfortable at. Mock, 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 mock. That's what we do. Yeah. And, you know. And don't pick Jameis Winston. Don't. Don't do it. It's going to be rough. 
check out Spinebuster Sports on Facebook and look us up at SpinebusterSports.com. Welcome back to the feast. Brought to you by Spinebuster Sports. Kyle, we're talking about fancy football here. Next uh, group of, I guess, position would be uh, running backs. Um, we're going to go right into number one. We all know it's Christian McCaffrey. I'm not even going to look at your list, and I'm assuming that's who you have too. Yeah, absolutely. Christian McCaffrey, number one. He's going to be catching a lot of passes in Carolina. they got Sam Darnold coming from a terrible situation in the Jets and crazy Adam Gase. Uh, expect Christian McCaffrey to get the rock a lot inside the 10-yard line. Expect him to be throwing the ball, probably have more than 70 receptions this year, and uh, just to stack up those points as long as he can stay healthy. And the sneaky thing about McCaffrey is, you know, everybody thinks he's, you know, a wide receiver at the running back position. Not necessarily last year because he was hurt, but the year before that, see how many times McCaffrey runs between the tackles. You know, he is a beast. He doesn't mind, you know, growing straight up the middle. Uh, as long as that offensive line can create those holes for him. And, you know, there's potential on Carolina's defense. You know, I don't think they're going to be a, a spectacular situation. But coming from behind, you're going to give the ball to the best player on your team. The best player on that team is Christian McCaffrey. So, obviously, the number one choice. Probably number one overall pick overall out of all the players. Top 300, if you want to say that. Yeah, I don't think there's anyone else you can take number one overall if you got that pick. And Christian McCaffrey's not a keeper. You take Christian McCaffrey and you just deal with it. Yep. All right. Pray, number, does, pray doesn't get, he doesn't get hurt. Right. Uh, number two, Delvin Cook, Minnesota Vikings, the man that gets the rock and just produces over and over. It doesn't matter if he come off an injury and he still is a top three running back in the league. Yeah, hundred percent there. Uh, a couple years ago, you know, he had a you know injury problems. He had that torn, I believe it was a torn knee. Um, had a rough kind of end of college. I feel like. Off the top of my head, maybe not. Uh, long story short, he does catch a lot of balls. I think that's a very underrated uh, ability that he has. Uh, being in Minnesota, I think they will play behind a lot. However, if they do have a lead, you have a great situation there of just pounding the rock with Cook. Um, that's a great number two pick. Yeah. And you, you know, like you said, he takes the pressure off Kirk Cousins. Like he's the one that. You know, hammers the ball down in the 10-yard line. You know, you might see a little bit of Alexander Madison being uh, thrown around in there just to give him a little bit of a break. But Delvin Cook should be cooking like he always does up in Minnesota. Yeah, I think, you know, he's got that potential to have, a, you know, 15 to 20 rushing touchdowns, let alone total touchdowns. So some, someone to definitely keep an eye on to, to push McCaffrey for that number one spot. Yeah. Uh, next, I've got Derrick Henry, a man out of Tennessee, just putting up over 2,000 yards on the ground last year. You know, the thing that kind of draws him back why he's not the number one pick is he doesn't catch a ton of balls out of the backfield. But when you're running 2,000 yards on the ground, you don't have to catch a bunch of balls out of the backfield. You don't, because he's also going to be your goal line back. And having Julio Jones coming to, you know, it's not Julio Jones of old. However, having that wide receiver that can stretch the field like him will just open the box a little bit more for Henry, hopefully. Tannehill, you know, controlling the situation and being a you know a pretty damn good quarterback will help that situation as well. You're right about the catches. You know, PPR league, yeah, he's gonna slip a little bit. Nine PPR league, you can debate him going number one overall, um, just because another guy that you know he can get 22 touchdowns potentially upon the rock. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, we've seen what he can do to defensive backs that try to get in his way, and he puts them down and makes them pay. And uh, Derrick Henry is a man. A man. In a man in a man's world yes. at that. Uh, number four, I got a man that helped a lot of people win fantasy championships last year and personally propelled me to my first fantasy championship in one of my leagues, and that is Mr. Alvin Kamara. Uh, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a rough one for Big Al down in New Orleans. Um you expect that he'll be getting the ball most of the time, but as we saw a lot last year when Taysom Hill was in, Latavius Murray was getting the ball a ton. Uh, and if Taysom Hill is playing, you're probably going to see uh, Kamara's catches out of the backfield go down quite a bit. I will argue that point just because I don't think Taysom Hill can throw the ball down the field. Um, I think he'll be okay. I think running the ball is going to hurt him the most just because they're going to be behind a lot. So not that he, you know, he'd run the ball, what, 160 times a year, you know, get that 700, 800 yards. Uh, receptions are a big thing for him for his fantasy value. 
We'll see how Jameis Winston goes. We know his track record. We know. The 30 for 30, man. Yeah. Well, he had that LASIK eye surgery, so hopefully you can pinpoint someone. You can see the crab legs now. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, you know, I like him. Um, I don't know potentially who's next on your list, but uh, one guy that we'll, we'll bring up a little bit later who I think will be ahead of him personally. But go on. Next next up, Kyle. Next up, uh, Nick Chubb, Cleveland Brown. Uh Chubb's another guy that I think could be higher on this list, but he's got a good pass-catching running back with him there in Cleveland with uh, Kareem Hunt. Uh, he doesn't typically catch a lot of balls, but when Nick Chubb has been healthy, he has been productive in Cleveland. He's kind of like a uh, Derrick Henry 2.0, you yeah. know, uh, the cheaper version of that, maybe, you know, second, second-round pick, late first-round pick. Uh, still, He's still going to pound the rock, you know, to take that pressure off of Baker Mayfield. Who Baker Mayfield, by the way, is going real late in drafts, but I think he's somebody to keep an eye on. He's got a lot of weapons there in Cleveland, as much as I don't like Cleveland. Um, however, Nick Chubb, I you know I agree with pound the rock with him. You know you do have Kareem Hunt in the, as the third down back, but you know if you don't have to get to the third down by pounding the rock, Nick Chubb's a, a huge part of that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know he when he was healthy last year, Nick Chubb produced. There's a reason he's getting drafted in the first round of drafts. Like yeah, as a back end. Yes, generally, but he's getting drafted in the first round because he produces when he's healthy. So as long as he stays healthy, things should be good for them there in Cleveland. Uh, number six on my list, Sox, I've got Ezekiel Elliott coming off a somewhat disappointing season last year there in Dallas. You know, things were up in the air with quarterbacks. Uh, they Dak got hurt. They went to Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton got hurt. They went to Ben DiNucci. Ben DiNucci to someone else. You know, Zeke was getting the ball, but when you're stacking eight guys in the box... Uh, it's hard for Zeke to eat, Zeke to get fed. So yeah, yeah, it doesn't definitely doesn't have the offensive line that Evan Smith had. However, uh, I think he'll have a bounce back season. Um, he's an underrated pass catcher. You know, Dak is back. He's gonna adapt, you know throw the ball down the field a little bit more with Cooper and Lamb there. Uh, hopefully, open up some lanes for Ezekiel Elliott. I think he'll have a bounce back year. Definitely, you know, potential to be a top three running back uh, for fantasy football moving uh, forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, number seven, another guy coming off an injury, New York Giants, Saquon Barkley. Uh, I think Saquon, in most drafts, is being devalued so much. Like, he's going in a lot of drafts late, late first, early second, and I understand there's a lot of questions in the air with his injury from last year, but when Saquon's been on the field, he's produced very well for the Giants, regardless of him playing on a bad team. I believe, you know, there's Kamara, I believe... Uh... He is the second best pass catching running back. I think I think he is number two overall. Now he's going to have a limited work role probably the first several weeks in the season. Wait till week six and beyond. I think somebody like Barkley will carry you to a fancy football season as long as he's healthy. Um, on poor teams with the Giants, he's done it. So I, I think he's going to have a hell of a comeback year. Just just depends on his beginning health at the beginning of the season. Yeah, and. You know, we'll see if Daniel Jones can start making those strides as becoming a better quarterback. They added Kenny Galladay in the offseason. Uh, they still got Sterling Shepard, um, Evan Ingram as a tight end. You know, uh, and they play in the NFC East, like we said. We're And we're going to hit it a lot uh, today and next week. Is The NFC East is terrible. There isn't really any good teams like, you know, the Washington football team is the front runner, and that's a lot to do with their defense. Yeah, and, and that could be a huge thing for even Barkley moving forward as that stretch comes going into the playoff season. Uh, you know, keep an eye on that. He could probably secure a good chunk of your playoff wins later on. Absolutely. Uh, number eight, you got Mr. Aaron Jones uh, out of Green Bay. The man got paid. You know, I'm surprised he's not higher on your list, Kyle. I'm, you know, I'm surprised he's not higher on my list too. It, you know, as high as Dave Matthews eating a cherry pie in a canoe. But uh, you know, Aaron Jones has played very well in Green Bay the last couple seasons. They've, uh, you know, Green Bay always keeps a nice committee of running backs going. Mr. AJ Dillon's going to push Aaron Jones a little bit more, but like he wants to stay in Green Bay. He's a guy who wants to be there. That's where he wants to play and. You know, he takes the pressure off Mr. Rogers. You know, Aaron, Not Aaron, and Aaron, Aaron and Aaron can uh, help each other a lot, out a, a lot in that factor. And plus, you know, it's it's the NFC North. You know, you got a 50-50 shot if you're playing a division opponent that they're going to have a defense or they're going to be terrible. So, and I think a lot will be said too is uh, how AJ Dillon will be as a serve as a backup. You know, if he struggles early, give Aaron Jones the ball. 
Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and maybe he'll get some more red zone looks this year. You know, they went to Devontae a lot last year in the red zone. and But w once you pay a running back like that, you got to use him. There ain't no point in paying him all that money and just letting him sit back there and block. He's, he needs to be used. He needs to get touches. And uh, I see Aaron Jones having a big year. My uh, number nine is Mr. Austin Eckler coming out of San Diego, a man that's going to catch a lot of balls this season. You know, Justin Herbert's going to be looking to get rid of the ball quickly out of that pocket, and I think Eckler is going to be his safety net right there in the flat. As long, yeah, as long as Keenan Allen is not the first. If Keenan Allen's open, you better go him. But yeah, you're right, Eckler will be a good safety net for him after that first read. Uh, running the ball, I think he's underrated. Uh, he's good going in outside. He's very speedy back, and you know, being a PPR league, I, I think the top ten running back is perfect for him. Yeah. Uh, and then rounding out my top ten, I mean, at this number ten spot, there's a group of guys that I don't think there's a wrong uh, pick. I'm gonna Gibson, go... Taylor, Mixon, Edwards, Hilaire, James Robinson now. Uh, David Montgomery, if you David Montgomery. You know, the, Tail end of David Montgomery's season last year was huge for DeAndre a lot of Swift. DeAndre Swift, who knows what we're seeing out of him. I'm going to go personally with Jonathan Taylor. He saw the, the Rock a lot last year. Uh, I know they got Carson Wentz there in Indianapolis, and you expect him to throw the ball a little bit more. Michael Pittman could be making some strides as a second-year wide receiver that you can get late. Um, but Jonathan Taylor should should have a good season. I know a lot of people have him as a bust this year. It's more based on where he's being drafted at. He's being drafted a lot of times. If somebody wants him, they're taking him in the middle of the first. You know, it might be a little too rich for my blood to take him that early. I like him as a early second round pick. But, I mean, there's no doubt. They, they have a great offensive line in Indianapolis, and Jonathan Taylor should be able to run between the tackles pretty well. You know, he surprised me last year coming out of Wisconsin. I thought being a workhorse that he was in college that, you know, he was going to be a little more fatigued. He proved me wrong. He got to rock a lot. Him and uh, Hines, right? Mm -hmm. Hines. Uh, good one-two punch back there. Hines is a good third-down running back. Taylor can catch the ball, too. Uh, good running between the tackles. Once again, as long as you can stay healthy with the quarterback situation right now, I, I feel like beginning of the year, they're going to rely huge on him. Don't forget about the return of the Mac. Marlon Mack coming, making his comeback after an injury-riddled season last year, and he might be taking a couple carries away from Jonathan Taylor. But I see Marlon Mack also as a trade candidate where a team like, I don't know, maybe the Baltimore Ravens go out and get Marlon Mack to try to take care of the J.K. Dobbins issue now. It's someone I like to bring up, too, real quick before we move on to wide receivers. Actually, I'm going to say three. Chris Carson, Seattle, staying healthy, doesn't fumble. Wow. You know, that's the right offense, depending if, like you said, is going to let Wilson throw the ball. If he doesn't, Carson's huge there. Uh, a huge sleeper that I've been hearing about is Javante Williams out of Denver. You know, probably going, maybe going a little bit higher now, fourth, fifth round, but some, someone to think about moving forward. And then last but not least, uh, let's see who I had in my mind. Oh, Josh Jacobs for the Raiders. I think he's very underrated. Depending, on, you know, he's not gonna catch a lot of balls, but he's kind of like a Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb 3.0, 1.3, whatever, 1A, 1B, 1C. Uh, I I think he's a hell of a running back, and he deserves more carries than what he gets. Maybe he gets a little bit more goal line carries this year. Just keep an eye on him as well. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna disagree with the Javante Williams pick. I think you know Denver paid Melvin Gordon to be there. I think they're gonna run Melvin Gordon's legs into the ground this year. I think definitely Javante Williams is a uh, running back of the future. If you were in a dynasty league, I definitely recommend picking him up. But I still think uh, Melvin, you're gonna see a lot of Melvin Gordon this season. Yeah, as I, well. you're gonna see a lot of Melvin Gordon on IR Kyle. Yeah, that very much possible. It would not surprise me. Um, and my last like little sleeper, and not really a sleeper now, is Darrell Henderson for the Rams. Uh, Sonny Michelle. The Rams did make that play for Sonny Michelle. I don't, you know, you could see him taking some stuff, but I think uh, they're all in on Darrell Henderson now and giving him a chance to uh, be the man there in L.A. and take care of Matthew Stafford. Yeah. Fair. Yeah, we'll be right back with the feast. Don't forget about Mike Davis either. Officially, wide receivers. 
Kyle on his top 10 list, and I am disagreeing with hopefully some of these, but go for, go ahead, Kyle. Well, number one is the man. He yeah. got, he's going to get paid soon, and he is going to catch a ton of balls from Mr. Rogers in his neighborhood. It's Devontae Adams, Green Bay's number one, number one in your hearts, and number one on the wide receivers of fantasy football this year. No argument there. He caught a lot of balls. He's Mr. Reliable inside the 20. Uh, you know, one of those guys could, you know, get you 12 to probably 18 touchdowns potentially there. He's a beast. Uh, second round pick out of San Diego State, I believe, a couple years back. Really has come into his own, not as a number one pick that Aaron Rodgers always wanted, but thank God that he, uh, somebody turned out in those, you know, secondary rounds for Mr. Rodgers to still be in Green Bay right now. Yeah, the next Jordy Nelson, if you will, coming in. Uh, to Green Bay with Devontae Adams, except more physical and can create separation in a small area to catch touchdown passes. Can jump. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, number two, a guy that takes the top off almost every defense that you see, and he's a guy that can get three touchdowns a game easily. It's Mr. Tyreek Hill out of Kansas City. Once again, no argument there. Probably the greatest weapon on offense. You know, we'll talk about Kelsey being probably the number one tight end. How You know, Tyreek Hill is the fastest guy in the league. I would like to see him do that race with Usain Bolt. Uh, that is something I'm very interested in. However, like I said, blows the top out of defenses, can move in and out of the slot, go wide. Hard to argue that. Yeah. And uh, number three, we're going Stefan Diggs, Buffalo Bills. Going to build upon his first season in Buffalo last year. Was a great uh, fantasy option late in the year. Uh, I know he's another guy that helped a lot. A lot. A lot of people win championships when he, uh, I believe it was two or three touchdowns on Monday night during championship week. Um, I expect him to, him and Josh Allen to build upon what they started last year. And, uh, you know, they were one step away from the Super Bowl. You know, let's see if they can make the crossover and challenge Kansas City. Got a lot of balls his way. They definitely had some chemistry to start. You know, the talk of the offseason for Buffalo was when they acquired Diggs from Minnesota, thinking, you know, what, what's going to happen here? Is he a number two? Is he going to be a number one? Uh, he proved all this wrong or maybe right that he is a number one wide receiver in Buffalo. Uh, huge weapon. The only thing you can think about now is this year's new year, a little bit more double teams. However, Diggs being a very, you know, top five wide receiver in the league, I don't think that will matter. Yeah, uh, I think you know, you're going to see Josh Allen make big strides to become a top-tier quarterback again this year. You're going to see Stephen Diggs you know, solidify himself as one of those top three wide receivers. Uh, but you know, we got a lot of guys that we're going to talk about in these next couple picks that could also jump right up there and uh, take over as top wide receivers of the game. 100%. Uh, number four is a guy that can absolutely be considered one of the best wide receivers in the league, and that's... Uh, Hopkins out of Arizona, you know, we watched the man, uh, one of the teams that actually beat Buffalo in the regular season last year with three guys on him go up and get a, just get that ball. Like that was his ball. He was taking it. No one else was taking it and won them that game late in the season. I think freak wise in the NFL, you know, you could talk about Metcalf and how, how he's, you know, tall, huge, fast. DeAndre Hopkins is probably the elite most elite talent out of the wide receiver group one thing i get nervous about with him is they added a couple more things in arizona he is getting a little bit older is there going to be you know is he going to have separation issues or is he still going to go out there run his routes catch every single ball that comes his way you know top five you know situation in fantasy fall probably not a probably not a bad choice there probably thinking end of first round no later than early second you know if he's trickling in your second round Probably should snag him. Yeah, if he's trickling in the second round, you go and you take DeAndre Hopkins and you just worry about uh, uh, whatever you have to deal with later on in the draft. Number five, a guy who a lot of people are high on. I'm very questionable with him. Uh, it's Calvin Ridley out of Atlanta. You know, Atlanta's been one of those teams that they can win four games in a season or they can win 13 games in a season. They're going to put up the same offensive numbers either way. It's hard to argue that. I, I I think Calvin Ridley has potential, but there was games last year where he disappeared. Absolutely, but also the games where there was no Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley seemed to Fill that be, void. be the man in those games. 
So it'll be interesting to see the strides that they take there in Atlanta. You know, Matt Ryan's not getting any younger. They added some talent with Kyle Pitts at tight end. Yeah, but that's really their only number two because other than that, you have, what, Russell Gage? Russell Gage could be a good late uh, wide receiver to, you know, pick up in those double-digit rounds that could. You know, he's not going to put up numbers every week, but, you know, he'd get you a game where he gets in the end zone maybe once, maybe twice, and get you a win that week. Where do you see Ridley going? Ridley, man, like, it's hard to say. Like, you know, we do the keeper leagues, and he's obviously going higher than we normally would with keepers. But I'm going to say probably early early to mid-second is fair. a good place to take him. No. Uh, you know, the guy actually next on my list, I like more than Ridley, but uh, it's he has a questionable quarterback too, and that's Justin Jefferson out of Minnesota. You know, the most prolific wide receiver rookie season ever in the history of NFL. And I, you know, can he put up the same numbers he put up last year? Ah, uh, he's gonna see a lot more action. He's gonna see better corners. You know, he's not gonna see the number two, number three corner. Uh, he's got a great body. You saw the one thing I loved about him coming out of college was that championship game when he just crushed everybody. I think he had like over ten receptions and was catching everything. You were thinking about, um, you know. Uh, Chase and some of these other guys coming out of LSU and uh, Jefferson's I think a huge steal for Minnesota definitely had the best year as a rookie wide receiver Kirk Cousins still your quarterback mm -hmm. we talked about that earlier Delvin's uh, still your running back Delvin's still your running back and he's still got Adam Thielen you just never know I think Minnesota's gonna be behind a lot and as long as Jefferson can get past the maybe double teams and still get open and maybe not go as deep as much and be more reliable you know 10-yard curls, things like that. You know, I think he could be a top five, but we'll see. Yeah, uh, I definitely, yeah, he could make that jump to the top five. He could, you know, Jefferson, it's so spotty with uh, Kirk Cousins, you know, Delvin Cook. Jefferson could be a guy that makes that, they could be drafted next year in first round or it could be drafted next year in the fourth round. You really don't know what's going to happen. Thielen is still there. I don't expect, I expect Thielen to be taking a major step back in the offensive production this year. Uh, Irv Smith Jr. is finally by himself as a tight end. Kyle True. Rudolph has left, so if Irv Smith Jr. stays healthy, you know he could take a little bit away. But I mean, I think it's uh, very evident that Justin Jefferson is the number one in Minnesota when it comes to wide receivers. So expect big things out of him. Uh, up next is a man that I very much think could uh, be the next guy to be in that top three conversation, and it's DK Metcalf from Seattle. He like we were talking about Derrick Henry, a man in a man's world, DK Metcalf is a man in a man's world. Yeah, the only thing with being a PPR league is he's not. I don't think he's going to catch as many balls as you know Lockett. However, yardage-wise, he's going to have more yards. Touchdown-wise, he's going to have more touchdowns. So that makes up for that, right? Yeah. Like you said, being a top three wide receiver, as long as they still gradually uh, release the reins for Wilson to throw downfield, why not? I mean, mm -hmm. he's he's a he's a Grossest thing I've seen since Calvin, uh, Calvin Johnson, that is. Yeah, when I see him play, he makes me feel like. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, 100%. You, cornerbacks probably cry unless you're six foot two or taller. But uh, once again, probably a second, early second round, mid second round pick, has a lot of potential. I think he has got a huge ceiling being that middle tier, you know, top, top ten uh, wide receiver. Yeah, absolutely. And you know they let Russell Cook. DK can get separation in that red zone and catch a lot of balls that would generally go to Chris Carson. True. All right, number eight, I'm going to go with uh, Mr. Keenan Allen from the Los Angeles Chargers. The man that was, uh, like, on pace to, I think, catch maybe like 150 balls last season. Like, Ju Justin Herbert just peppers Keenan Allen with the, the football. Every quarterback has peppered Keenan Allen. As long as he stayed healthy, he's Mr. Reliable with between that, you know, 10 and 12-yard mark. He's Mr. First Down. You know, he's the first read, and if he's not open, they're going somewhere else, obviously, but even if when he's not open, they're still going to Keenan Allen. Yeah. I, I I like him a lot. I think he, in a PPR league, he's huge. Like you said, he was on pace for, you know, over 120 balls last year. You know, being a longer season, I, and being Justin Herbert's second year, I think that relationship can grow even further. I, I like him being a top-five guy. However, it's Keenan Allen. There's that potential that he can get hurt. Absolutely, yeah. I he he's definitely a guy that can make the jump from being you know a 
back end. 10 to 15. Yeah, 10 to 15 right. guy to a uh, top five guy. Now, age is getting in his way like a little, a little bit. You know, then fantasy football, we're all about the young players, the new guys with the, the, the legs still underneath him. He's not going to go over the top, though. He's going to yeah. be the mid-range safety net guy that, you know, a lot of crossing routes. And if you can get yards after catch, that will even benefit us more as far as yardage goes on top of those reception points. Yeah, if you're in a full point PPR league, Keenan Allen can easily be a top five wide receiver this year. Uh, number nine, uh, Allen Robinson out of Chicago, a man that uh, for last year was kind of the only receiving uh, threat they had in Chicago other than a really old Jimmy Graham and, you know, the pride of Notre Dame, Mr. Cole Komet. But I, I expect Allen Robinson to have a big year. I do expect Darnell Mooney to make a push on him for targets. Uh, you could see Mooney had was uh, the four had the fourth most broken tackles last year of all wide receivers, uh, and he was overthrown the ball plenty of times by Mitchell Trubisky. Um, Allen Robinson has great talent; he's proven it time and time again in the NFL. He's a, he's kind of a sneaky guy. A lot of people don't really think about Allen Robinson as a top wide receiver in that top ten area, but when you look at uh, Chicago's offense, he. He, everything goes through Allen Robinson. Though. He was like that in Jacksonville. Uh, I have him bumped down only because of the quarterback play there. Now, potentially, Justin Fields will start eventually. Yeah, he's got a cannon. He's still a rookie quarterback. You know, He's probably going to look for Allen Robinson a lot, maybe a little bit more of his running backs, maybe Cole Komet. However, I have a guy on your next on your list that's ahead of him only because his quarterback is that much sweeter, and you brought it up in your little quarterbacks, and that's Mike Evans. Oh, he had a hell of a run into the playoffs. He had a hell of a run in the playoffs. He's huge. He still goes deep. He still gets the ball. That relationship, you can tell, was growing. I think, I want to say he had 12, 14 touchdowns last year. Another guy that can get, like, Devontae Adams type of situation in the red zone. I mean, he's a beast. He's a he's a, another man child. Not as quick as those guys, but he can get up and pinpoint that ball in the red zone. You know, we talk about Gronkowski. Mike Evans is the Tom Brady's Gronkowski. No, for sure. So there's that potential of the 16 touchdowns this year. I I, I like him. I know we've he's talked he, about potential top five guys, but like Metcalf, I think he's even ahead of Metcalf in that fact that that relationship, he's got Tom Brady, and that relationship grew. Yeah, he's a big physical guy that can get the ball in the red zone and come down with touchdowns. Now, you know, he was a little soft on the touchdowns last year. He had some injury issues, and as long as he stays healthy, I see Mike Evans being a very big asset to Tom Brady in Tampa. But you can also look at a guy that's going a couple spots behind him when it comes to wide receivers at Chris Godwin. You know, you could see either one. Chris Godwin could end up getting all the yards, and Mike Evans could end up getting all the touchdowns this year. In yeah, and that, that's part of it too. That's the, that's why there's always we see the word potential. You know, there is a lot of weapons in Stocks. Tampa Bay. I do have some breaking news just came through on my phone. Uh, J.K. Dobbins out for the season. Out for the season. Out for the season with an ACL tear. Uh, yeah. Uh, adjust your boards as needed. Uh, I think pretty much me and Sox had him taken off our board today uh, when there were thoughts this morning that. He was going to be out for the season, and Adam Schefter is reporting that uh, MRI confirms J.K. Dobbins suffered season-ending torn ACL. So move Gus Edwards up your boards a little bit. Gus uh, Bus. Yeah, you know, you could catch Gus Bus in the fifth or sixth round and kind of... Even maybe before that, they're a pound-the-rock pound team, so yeah, definitely be conscious of Gus the Bus Edwards. Yeah, some, uh, you know, some guys I expect to take big leaps here in the wide receiver category for this next season, too, Sox, are guys like uh, Brandon Ayuk uh, from San Francisco, you know, Chase Claypool from Pittsburgh. Uh, those are guys you can get generally. Ayuk's going as high, as high as the fourth round in some leagues, which I think it might be a touch too high for him. But you never know what they're going to do with the quarterback situation out there in San Francisco. Well, look at in San Francisco too. Look out for Debo Samuel. I mean, he was a high-rated wide receiver coming out of college. He's got some mitts on him. Yeah, and he's a hell of a route runner. So keep eye on him. And you might be able to pick up Debo Samuel in one of those double-digit rounds too. Uh, he's been going a little bit late. The you know everyone thinks he might be a little injury-prone, but yeah. I made. Like, there were, in all the sections of the field last season, there were only two wide receivers that were 90-plus percent on all sections of the field. One was Devontae Adams. The other one was Brandon Ayuk. 
And you, you know, if they keep consistent quarterback play this year, you can see him getting the ball in so many different areas and just racking up receptions and yards. That's the key. Yeah, I like that. Being a sleeper, T. Higgins in Cincinnati had a pretty good, uh, solid rookie campaign last year. I think Tyler Boyd's very underrated, being in you know, well, depending on what Jamar Chase is going through legally. Um, Tyler Boyd is a hell of a person in that wide receiver, especially in a PPR league. He's gonna get a lot of balls thrown his way. Uh, one one guy that I did select in my fantasy football team, and I'm still curious about being year two, would be A.J. Brown uh, in Tennessee. Brian Tannehill is actually a pretty good fantasy football quarterback, and he's going to put up numbers probably close to last year. He had a hell of a late year last year, and a lot of that was because of A.J. Brown. Julio Jones is going to help him out, kind of release some pressure on hopefully him being double teamed this year because he had such a great year last year. But I'm very curious to see how – how he develops as a wide receiver even more. You know, a lot of, a lot of sheets out there have him top ten, like six, seven, eight. It scares the shit out of me. Uh, however, I a lot of people are saying he's going to have a hell of a year. I'm, I'm curious to see how that one goes. Yeah, AJ Brown. It's good. there's a lot of questions there in Tennessee. You know, if Ryan Tannehill comes out and plays like he's played the last couple of years, I could definitely see AJ Brown being a first round pick next year in a lot of uh, drafts. Uh, one deep. Deep sleeper for me, at least, and we talked about him a little bit already, was Darnell Mooney. You can get him generally in about the 10th round in most drafts. Uh, I like him. I think he's going to make big strides this year. He's a second-year wide receiver. That's another thing is looking from about rounds 5 through rounds 11, second-year wide receivers start making their big jump. Uh, you know, a lot of people think it's year 3, it's year 3. Yeah, but if you can draft a guy a second year at one of those and you're in a keeper league... Like, sets you up. Yeah, it sets you up for the next season. So, uh, you know, keep an eye out for guys like Jalen Rieger, Jer- Jalen Rieger, uh, Henry Ruggs, Michael Pittman, Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, Chase Claypool. Um, you know, there are some rookies that I like. Jamar Chase, I think, is going obnoxiously high in drafts. Like he's go in some drafts, I've seen him go in before the other two wide receivers in Cincinnati, and I know he's got that rapport with Joe Burrow that goes down to LSU, but. It's still a game. You're still narrowing down the talent pool even deeper from college, and I think there's going to be growing pains. Now, I'm not saying that Jamar Chase isn't going to be a great wide receiver. I just think you always see wide receivers have growing pains when they go from college to the NFL, and I expect him to have some as he, when he's starting out this year. Another kind of really deep sleeper for me that I don't feel is getting any love is Traquan Smith from the New Orleans Saints. You know, no one really knows what's going on with uh, Michael Thomas. Uh, I've seen him sliding. I've seen him not being drafted in a lot of drafts, sliding very, very deep. Uh, they have to throw the ball to somebody. You know, it's you can't just throw the ball to Kamara and dabble it down to Adam Troutman a couple times and have that be it. I mean, if anybody could do it, it's probably Sean Payton. But Yeah, there, I think I, in, the, in the Saints – receiving core i think that's all going to be two to be determined so i think those guys keep an eye on the waiver wire for um see how the first you know one two three weeks go uh another guy that's very underrated a lot a lot a lot is michael gallup in dallas you know prescott comes back to his form you know you still have amari cooper obviously you know is going to stretch the field you have cd lamb who's going to stretch the field and be reliable but you still have michael gallup underneath to have those that safety net which he catches a lot of balls. So somewhere you can get Gallup in the 8th, ninth, 10th, 11th round, you know, he, he could be a good flex play. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we'll be right back with our top 10 tight ends of the year as well. Check out Spinebuster Sports on Twitter at SpinebusterSPO1. Welcome back to the feast. Brought to you by Spinebuster Sports. Talking fantasy football here with Pound Cake. I'm Sox. Next up is tight ends. Top 10 tight ends. Kyle, we all know who number one is. It's going to be Travis Kelsey. If you don't have that number one, I don't know for friends. Yeah, I don't know if anybody doesn't have Travis Kelsey as number one. He is. He creates such a huge advantage being your top tight end because there's only one maybe two guys that, that we're going to talk about on this list that can consistently put up the numbers that he puts up every week. And I don't even think they touch him. No. I think there's still, you know, a difference of, you know, two to three points, which, yeah, it doesn't seem like a lot, but every single week, that's a lot. 
uh, when you only have you know potentially three tight ends that will put up d double digit points for you something to think about you know if you're lingering in that second third round area and you're like oh these running backs are going oh i don't have a top tier wide receiver get a top get some of these tight ends oh yeah for sure and it helps that you know like the great thing about the kansas city chiefs is when you have the best tight end getting thrown throwing the ball to him is potentially the best quarterback in the league and the guy taking the top off the defense could possibly be the best wide receiver in the league you know, it creates some matchups for Travis Kelsey. They're very advantageous, and he sees a lot of balls thrown his way. He gets a lot of catches, and he sees the ball in the red zone a lot. Uh, next up, number two, uh, I am the walrus, Darren Waller for uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, a man that, like, he was a wide receiver last year. Like, he, yes, he's a tight end. He's drafted as a tight end. He plays the tight end position. That man is a wide receiver. He was a wide receiver in college at Georgia Tech, uh, was kind of like brought down to that you know, situation like Kelvin, like, oh, 6'6 guy, has blazing speed. Over time, made him a tight end. Here he is, number two ranking overall. Can definitely stretch the field. I don't think any linebacker can really match up with him. Um, he's, uh, Derek Carr is an issue, possibly, but, you know, he put up his numbers last year, and I think uh, it's going to be the same this year. Well, and Vegas – led the league in uh, percentage of targets to the tight end last year, where they had 33% of their passes thrown went to the tight end position last year. And I expect to see a lot more of that this year. You know, Henry Ruggs could take a little bit from him uh, over there in Vegas. But we'll see, you know. And, then, and that's something with Derek Carr, too. Like, we kind of wish over time that, like, when's he going to start chucking the ball down the field? Now, he hasn't really had all the weapons in the world. You know, Waller, he can still go, you know, that mid-range game. But let's hopefully Ruggs can help him stretch that field for uh, for Cook, or excuse me, for um, Derek Carr. Derek Carr, thank you, uh, moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, even Jacobs, if Jake, if they can stretch, if Ruggs can stretch the field, they use Waller in the middle of the field, they'll open it up for Jacobs. And you can see Vegas and John Gruden actually making some strides. Uh he needs to. to get back into it. You know, the AFC West is no joke, especially when you got up and coming teams like the Chargers uh, coming out there. Number three, a uh, guy who was injured last season. You know, he's a personal favorite of mine, big pro wrestling fan. Mr. George uh, loves Austin Kittle. <laughs> Very nice, Kyle. Uh, Kittle, probably the best, uh, best tight end, both run blocking and pass receiving in, in the NFL. Quarterback play is an issue, but when you have quarterback play like San Francisco has, there's going to be a lot of passes thrown to Kittle. Uh, he's a huge run-after-catch guy when he gets the ball in his hands. Probably their number one option in San Francisco in all positions. As long as, like you said, he stays healthy, definitely a top three. You know, be number two overall uh, as far as tight end goes. Probably looking, like I said, depending on your personality and where you, how you value these top three tight ends, You know, he, I believe he could be a second-round pick and have it be worth your while. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, you know, I see him going in the second, early third in some drafts. He's a guy that's going to get a lot of targets. He is probably the number one receiving option there in San Francisco. Coming off a little bit of an injury, but still expect a huge year out of him. Number four, this is number four is a guy I don't particularly like that much. He is being he's ranked this purely on potential and the fact that I don't know if the Lions have anyone else to throw to, and that's TJ Hawkinson. Uh, probably the second best talented tight end as far as run blocking and pass receiving. Another Iowa boy, just like Kittle. Uh, a lot of opportunity for him. He, Everybody on the team and within the league think he is the next big tight end in the league. Uh, potentially another, you know, a top two guy. Maybe doesn't stretch the field like Kittle does or Kelsey does or Waller does. However, in the red zone, if they can make it work with Jared Goff, keep an eye on those touchdowns. You know, he he might be a you know a ten yards per reception type of guy, but keep an eye on those receptions. He might not have the like I said the yardage bulk as those other three, but you know someone to keep an eye on because he's got a, he's got a huge catching ability and because he can run block so well, he can you know put a little block on and, and release. So mm -hmm. keep an eye on him. Yeah, all signs point to him having a big year. I just, there's something about him that I'm not completely sold on yet. But he still comes in at number four. Number five in the rankings, Mark Andrews out of Baltimore. You know, Baltimore's a team that targeted uh, the uh, the tight end more than most teams last year. 28% of their balls went to, targeted the tight end last year. 
And Lamar Jackson loves his tight end. It's like his little uh, safety net that he's, he's got. He's Mr. Consistent. You know, I've had him a couple of years in my fantasy leagues, and yeah, he doesn't get, he's not going to put up consistent points, but the weeks that he puts up points will carry your team to wins. So if he can get a little bit more consistency and uh, receiving the ball and yardage, you know, top top five guy for sure. How you know those top three guys are your your maniacs. Then these next you know four or five, six, seven tight ends are, you know, get them while you can because it's a huge drop off. Yeah, it is a huge drop off, and you know we're getting to some of these points where you're. You know, the first three guys, those are guys that you can play every week and be happy that you played. Like, yeah, are they going to hit every week? Maybe not. Kelsey will hit every week almost. But now we're talking about guys that you got to start playing the matchups. You got to, you know, tight ends a position that you're only going to have three guys that you can start every single week. You got to start paying attention, doing the research, and picking your spots. Number six, I've got Kyle Pitts. Potential. But it's, it's purely on potential. As long as he plays wide receiver. You know, as a tight end, tight end's one of the hardest positions in the league to learn. If he's making mistakes playing tight end, he's not going to get a lot of snaps that we all want to see him get. However, if he's lining up outside or even lining up as a slot, not as a tight end in passing situations, yeah, there's a lot of potential there. Probably the fastest tight end in the league based on combine and things like that. However, tight end's a hard position to learn as a rookie. That scares me a little bit. But... Get, you know, getting him in round six, seven, you know, if he falls, I don't, I don't think that's a bad thing. No, if you're getting him in round six or seven, you take Kyle Pitts because he could be a guy that we're talking about next year in that top three rounds. Uh, he has if, that potential, uh, yeah. Yeah, he definitely does. Number seven for me, I got Tyler Higbee. He's got a good quarterback throwing him the ball. Um, they All signs point to Higby taking that step. They got rid of Gerald Everett. Gerald Everett's open in Seattle now. Higby's going to be the tight end there for the LA Rams, and you should see a decent amount of balls come his way. Yeah, I have him lower just because he's Tyler Higby. I think he's just one of those journeyman guys that will get you by, uh, matchup matchup driven, rather. I like Logan Thomas out of Washington. You know, they have Fitzmagic there. I you know watch the couple of preseason games I actually watched. He you know being a former quarterback, he is doing a great job of catching the ball. He's a good intermediate route runner, huge safety blanket for Fitzpatrick. Um, well, so I, I I think that that's the way to go above Higby. However, Higby does have Stafford. You know Stafford has been throwing the Hawkins in the last couple of years. He has used his tight end in the past, so I think they, they can go either way probably. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Yes, Sox, I'm afraid I do have some bad news. I don't see Logan Thomas being as good as you do. Uh, I think Fitzpatrick, you're going to see him peppering the ball to wide receivers a lot more. Logan Thomas did have a great year last year. I just don't know if he'll be able to repeat the same things that he did in so many of those games last season. But, you know, that's the great thing about fantasy football is we all have our own takes on things, and some of them work and some of them don't. And I'll agree with that, except I think even with that being said, he'll still be better than Higby. Okay. Uh, number eight for me, I got Bob Tanyan coming from the Green Bay Packers. Uh, you know, like it, you're at this point in tight ends. Once you once you get past those first five, six, seven, now they're kind of Noah Fant, Noah, Goddard, yeah, Johnny Smith, Gasecki, Irv Smith, Ingram, Hooper, Gronkowski still out there. Even Cole Komet, OJ Howard, OJ Howard, and I'll come back. Eric Ebron. Maybe can catch some balls. You still have Zach Ertz. I know he's gotten older, but there's something about him. Evan Ingram is still being used it, for the Giants. Right, a good right. amount. You know, uh, a guy I like late is uh, Ferkser out of Tennessee. Yep, another you know, one. Tennessee's always used their tight end really well. In the games he played last year when Johnny Smith wasn't playing, Ferkser looked really good. He, uh, you know, helped me catapult to number two in our little daily fantasy league that we did last year give me a little put a little money in my pocket but recommendation is once you get like you said through that that logan thomas tyler higby range make sure your roster's set before you start dabbling in these tight ends because they're relatively going to be all i believe all the same down the board and potentially you're probably going to swap them out for somebody on the waiver wire eventually anyway so build your roster once you get to that point like I said, top three tight ends, just because the point differential and your matchup against other tight ends. You know, if you have Kelsey and he's getting 14 points a game and you're facing, you know, uh, 
Logan Thomas, who's getting seven. That's a seven point difference. That's that's huge. Yeah, that's no, huge moving forward. Exactly. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As we're wrapping up the fantasy football stuff, if, uh, we want to give a couple little tips. My biggest tip for uh, drafting in fantasy is running backs early. Always take running backs early. Wait on a quarterback. You know there are some things. You know if you like a guy a lot and they fall to you. And you just can't get away from them. Absolutely, take it. Make your team like make make yourself happy by looking at your fantasy football team every week. Don't make yourself upset, but like draft running backs early. Like you know, once you get past the fourth round, running backs start becoming kind of scarce. You got a couple guys dabbled in here and there. Then you're just then you're just playing potentially. You just want to get handcuffs. And uh, yeah, and wide receiver is so deep this year. And most years, especially now that a lot of leagues are moving to the half point to full point PPR format, you're going to see the wide receiver. There's going to be a lot more wide receivers in the pool to draft. So draft those running backs early. Uh, stack, you know, if you can get a quarterback wide receiver combo, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, get yourself a good defense. A good defense can win you a game or two. Uh, and be active. Can't stress it enough. If you're not active in the waiver wire every single week, you're not going to win. You have to be willing to make moves. You have to be willing to pick up guys. You know, you have to be willing to make trades. Be active in your fantasy football league. Even if it's just getting on a message board and telling Nappy how much he sucks, be active in your fantasy football league. Yeah, have fun with it. Fantasy football is all about having fun. Obviously, it's a way to, if you're playing for money, a good way to play. Uh, you know, my biggest thing is running backs all day long, running backs all day long. But you get the balance that, you know, being in a PPR league, you get the balance that reception versus potential yardage and touchdown guy, uh, especially at the wide receiver position. Uh, something to think about. So, you know, it's, it's all about sometimes personal f uh, favorites. Um, you know, some, some people want to reach and get their guy. There's nothing wrong with that because this is all about having fun. Uh, but definitely get running backs early. I... <laughs> People that may know me, I love tight ends early just because I like having a top two tight end. I think it makes a huge difference based on that position. Um, wide receivers are deep this year too. So just something to think about. Tips from us here at the Feast. Uh, appreciate you listening. Next up, we're going to have Kyle here, Mr. Poundcake, give you some dessert about some uh, news that's happening in the sports entertainment world. Yes. Uh, last weekend... SummerSlam weekend for WWE. They were in Las Vegas. We got to see a nice little uh, John Cena and his new haircut go up against the tribal chief, the head of the table, Mr. Roman Reigns. You know, uh, Roman Reigns uh, won, as most people expected, and Cena taken off for another movie. And uh, then we saw the debut of Mr. Brock Lesnar coming back, you know, nice little new haircut, little uh, blonde beard that looks super awkward. Uh, looks like Dean Ambrose on steroids circa three years ago. Turn in face. Turn in face. Like, face Brock Lesnar it should be terrifying to everyone. But most people would sit there and say, you know, WWE comes out, they tell you the Brock Lesnar video was seen 1.5 million times in a 24-hour period on YouTube, and they want you to believe that was the big news of SummerSlam weekend, was Brock Lesnar is back in WWE, and he's coming to challenge Roman Reigns. If you want to see another Lesnar-Reigns match, by all means, get Peacock. It's $10 to watch WWE kill yourself on Lesnar-Roman Reigns matches from years past. I recommend WrestleMania 31 where Seth Rollins cashed in because it's probably the greatest WrestleMania moment of all time. But we'll discuss that on another episode of The Feast. But what truly happened last weekend, Friday night on TNT. If you can, if you can see Kyle right now, he's sweating and crying at the same time. When... Cult of Personality hit, and you saw CM Punk walk out into a wrestling arena for the first time in seven years, and you watched that first 15 minutes of that AEW show where the United Center is chanting CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk. The man's been gone for pro wrestling for seven years, and people are still chanting his name. There was so much emotion in that return, and just... The business changed that night, and people are going to, diehard die WWE fans like myself normally will tell you, oh no, it's WWE, oh no, it's WWE. 
AEW is changing the wrestling business and giving wrestling fans exactly what they want. And that's good wrestling, storylines that we're not just dropping after two weeks, and good television to watch. There's blood. There's, you know, the Divas division that is amazing. Their tag team divisions are amazing. They've got good young guys. They've got good veterans. There's a good mix of everything, and now with Punk back, we are going to see matches that we've always wanted to see. You know, we've got CM Punk, Darby Allen next weekend. I hear that, you know, Mr. Sox's favorite wrestler should be making a comeback next weekend too, and we could get that potential Daniel Bryan, CM Punk rematch that me and Sox have been waiting for for such a long time. Beard of the best. But... I, I will tell you right now, as a pro wrestling fan, if you love pro wrestling, quit watching WWE and start watching AEW. It's where the real pro wrestling is happening at. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. The Catfish Blanco Recycling Center. We kick all the boxes. Men and Ranch Strip Club. It's healthier than depression. Ron Caputo Meat Tenderizer. I beat your meat so you don't have to. Welcome back to the feast, brought to you by Spinebuster Sports. Socks here, just to recap our first ever episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Hope you uh, listen moving forward. Share, like, comment, all that good stuff. Keep us informed of what you want to possibly hear moving forward. Uh, recap today's episode, talking about fantasy football. Like I said, you know, Mahomes good, Jameis Winston bad. Christian McCaffrey should be number one in your hearts and number one on your stat sheets. Me personally, drafting a top three tight end could be huge benefits moving forward in your fantasy football season. And then just in case you didn't know, CM Punk makes Pound Cake very, very emotional. Kyle, finish it up. Next week, we preview the upcoming NFL season and debut our NASCAR segment, Turning Left. Make sure to subscribe to us on our YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, and share us to all your friends. Thanks for listening, and hopefully you'll give us a listen next week. Bye.